Hello, and welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey, and I'm excited to share with you a message this morning. This message is entitled Activate, and my prayer is that this message will inspire you to activate your faith, to become active in the things that the Lord is doing uh, in our world today and in your sphere of influence. So let's pray. God, I thank you for this opportunity to speak your word. I thank you for this opportunity, God, to explain the things that you have given me to explain. And I pray that I would do it with excellence. I pray, Lord, that you would speak through me. And I pray for every listener that, God, they would be blessed by your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So today I want to express this crazy idea about how much how immensely God loves sinners. From creation to today, he has been pursuing sinners. He has been going out of his way to call people to himself. There's a verse in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. It says this, The Lord searches all the earth, for people who have given themselves completely to him, he wants to make them strong. The Lord searches all the earth for people who have given themselves completely to him. He wants to make them strong. And I think that that is the narrative from Genesis to Revelation. God is looking for people who will give themselves completely to him. He is looking for people who will have faith and trust in him, who will love him with every ounce of who they are. And very rarely do we have accounts where the Lord finds them. Let's take a look at how we got here today. We as 21st century Christians, how do we get here today? Well, God spoke and it happened. The earth was formed. And then he breathed the breath of life into us. It says in Genesis 2, 7, that the Lord took the dust of the ground and formed man from it. The Lord breathed the breath of life into man's nose and man became a living person. In Psalm 119, it said, you made me and formed me with your hands. In Job 33, 4, it says, The Spirit of God created me. The breath of God, all-powerful, gave me life. When we take a breath, your lungs are filling with oxygen, and oxygen's flowing into every system of your body, and it's making you alive. Our breath is our life. The relationship between our parents didn't give us life. God's breath gives us life. He forms us. Before the beginning of time, he set good works for us to do and accomplish on this earth. He's formed us. He's made us. So we look at creation and and, and the formation of Adam and Eve, and they were in a garden that was a utopia that was perfect, where there was nothing wrong. But sin enters through Adam and through Eve. And because sin enters through Adam, uh, he is cast out of the garden and sin abounds for generation after generation after generation until it gets so bad that the Bible says that every intention of the heart of every man was evil. Save one man, Noah. 
And God told him his plan. He said, Noah, build an ark. Noah builds an ark and he says, bring in one, two of every kind of animal, male and female, that have the breath of life in their lungs. And the earth is, as we later read in Peter, is baptized, so to speak, and flooded. After that, uh, the earth begins to be populated again. And the Lord calls out a man named Abraham, calls him out and says, I want you to leave your family, go to the land that I'm promising you, and I'm going to make you a great nation. Abraham obeys and listens. And the nation of Israel, a.k.a. the Jewish people, a.k.a. the nation of God, is formed. The nation of God is formed, and he tells Abraham beforehand that your people are going to be enslaved for 300 years, but then I will rescue them. And that's exactly what happens. The... Uh, nation of Israel is enslaved in Egypt. And while they are in Egypt, they multiply and multiply and multiply until they were over a million people. And then God uses a man named Moses and leads them out of their captivity and slavery and brings them out into the wilderness. Well, in the wilderness, God gives them the law, which we call the law of Moses and the 10 commandments. And the law was to show people just how sinful they were. And I don't think that they realized how sinful they were, but the law showed it to them, showed them, you are so far from this holy God. And God said, the only way you could come near to me is to cover that sin. And the only way to cover your sin is with a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice. And so they made sacrifices of animals and they had a high priest who stood between them and God. And the high priest made himself clean physically and spiritually and so that he could stand as a go-between between people and the holy God. And this Israelite nation, this Jewish nation, was trying to follow a law that they could not follow. And so they kept making sacrifices. They kept um, coming to the high priest and confessing their sins. And the high priest would make offerings before God. In Leviticus 27, it says, Be holy people. Be holy because I am holy. I am the Lord your God. Remember and obey my laws. I am the Lord and I have made you holy. And then in Leviticus 22, 32, it says, Show respect for my holy name. You Israelites must remember that I'm holy. I am the Lord. I made you holy. I brought you out of Egypt. I became your God. I am the Lord. So after the... Uh, Israelite people had been in the desert for 40 years. He uh, gave the spirit of God to a man named Joshua. And Joshua led the people to take over the surrounding lands and to go into this promised land, the land that God had promised Abraham way back before. And the spirit of God was on the Israelite people. It says that one Israelite could make a thousand other men flee. When the people of God turned to God, he made them strong. But when the people turned away from God, they were weak and overtaken. And it is the same for us. When we turn towards God, when we live for him, we are strengthened. And when we turn away from him, we are weak. So it goes back and forth and the people serve God and then they don't. In the book of Amos chapter four, verse 11, he says, but you still have not come back to me, says the Lord. In Numbers 14, 11, he says, how long will these people ignore me? How long will it be before they believe me? And the Lord continues to summon people to themselves, but their hearts are hearts of stone and they don't have the law of God written on their hearts. 
And so they go back and forth. And then God sends them prophets, holy men filled with the Holy Spirit, prophesying to the people, saying, turn back to God and things will be good. Turn back to God. But the people continue to waver back and forth, sinful and unsinful, sinful and unsinful. The prophet Ezekiel in chapter 36, 26 says this, and he's prophesying to the future. He said, I will teach you to respect me completely. I will put a new way to think inside you. I will take out your stubborn heart like stone from your bodies, and I will give you an obedient heart, a heart of flesh. And he's prophesying about when, uh, when Jesus comes, <laughs> that your whole heart will be different. So then one final prophet is sent, the final prophet, because the people, the Israelite people, the Jewish people, this nation just continued to kill the prophets, to literally ignore them, to not listen to these messengers from God. So he sends one final messenger and his name is John the Baptist. And he preaches a, a message of repentance. He said, turn from your sins because the son of God himself is coming to earth. Turn away, change your ways, repent, be baptized because God himself is coming. Many people listened, but many people did not. And just as John the Baptist had, had prophesied, Jesus, the son of God, was sent. He left heaven and came to earth. Now here you have the Jewish people, this nation of Israel, and God has done everything for them to woo him, to call them back to himself. This whole nation, please come back to me. I'm your God. If you listen to me, I'll give you everything. And they didn't listen and they didn't listen and they didn't listen to the prophets. And so finally he sends the very best he can possibly send. He sends his very own son. And Jesus lives on earth and, and dies on a cross. And on the cross, he becomes the final payment for sin, the final penalty, the final sacrifice. And he dies his death on the cross to cover up every sin that ever happened from the beginning of creation until the end. And on him lay every curse and on him lay every sin. And his sacrifice was sufficient. And it was sufficient because he was pure and perfect. He was both God and man. He freed us from everything and gave us a covering. When we stand behind Jesus, we are holy and righteous. He became our righteousness. And now we had access to God ourselves. We have now a high priest in heaven named Jesus Christ. He is our high priest. He is the one that stands in the gap between us and God. And we have complete access to him continually. And not only that, because of his death and his resurrection, we are also promised a resurrection. We are promised an eternal life with God. Jesus, as he ascended into heaven, gave a great commission. He says, now go into all the world and preach this news that I have come and made the sacrifice. Preach this good news and baptize people into this new life, this new awakening to new spirituality that the Holy Spirit will come and your hearts will no longer be hearts of stone, but the law of God will be written on your very hearts so that you really can obey me. So Jesus goes up into heaven and he sends his Holy Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit comes down uh, to his believers on the day of Pentecost, there's a, a, a verse that's quoted by Peter, the apostle. 
And he says, uh, he quotes Joel 2.28, and he says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And Peter says... (laughs) In, in Acts chapter two, he says, this is actually happening right now. Today, that scripture is being fulfilled. Now the spirit of God is on, on everyone. This, the, the law of God is on every heart. Everything changed. Later on in the book of Peter, he says in chapter two, verse nine, he says, first Peter two, nine, but you are a chosen people. This is radical, you guys. And Peter's talking now, not just to this nation of Israel. He's not talking just to the Israelites, these called out people. Now he says, you Christ followers, you who believe this good news of Jesus, now you're all the called out people. Now you are the new nation. He says to them, but you are a chosen people. You are the king's priest. Some versions say a royal priesthood. Regular people were now priests because they have the the law of God on their hearts. He says, you are a holy nation. You are a nation that belongs to God alone. God chose you to tell about the wonderful things he has done. He called you out of darkness and into his wonderful life, light. This is radical. Now God has not only given us men to listen to, He's not only given us prophets to listen to, he's given us his very own son and his very own spirit. And he says, now people, now people, will you listen to me? Now this this free gift of salvation is for every person, regardless of gender, regardless of social status, regardless of nationality, regardless of anything. And we know the famous verse in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, The world from Genesis to Revelation. But here we are in 2018, living in the age of the Holy Spirit, living in the age where the law of God is actually written on our hearts. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, his only son, as the perfect sacrifice. That whoever whoever would believe in him would not die, but would have everlasting life. Jesus didn't come into the world to judge it, but to save it. And I look at God's grace and I look at God's patience and I look at God's radical love for those who don't love him back. And I go back to this verse in Chronicles where he says that the eyes of the Lord search all the earth for people who have given themselves completely to him. He wants to make them strong. God wants to give you everything. This is radical news. And it's entrusted to us to go and to tell everyone. We have this news about life eternally. We are now a nation that doesn't belong to this earth, but we are citizens of heaven. Citizens of heaven. So we are a called out nation. 
Abraham was called out by himself and said, I'll make you a great nation. And then the Israelites were called out and were made a nation. And then Moses called them out of Egypt. And then the prophets called out people. But now we are called out to be a royal priesthood before only certain people with certain lineage could be priests, could be uh, holy. But now God says, I want to make you all holy. And I'm not going to just give you some of my knowledge, some of myself. I get, I'm giving you my spirit. I'm putting my Holy Spirit inside of you that the law of God will be written on your heart. And he, and he says to take this good news and go and share it with everyone. That we're like clay pots. We're like clay vessels. But inside of us is living water. Inside of us is this good news of God. And I, even though I am not perfect, can take perfect news to people. And I, even though I'm not perfect, can pray to a perfect God who can heal people, set people free from the bondage of fear and depression and oppression and anger and jealousy and rage and bitterness and greed. And he's come to set us free that we can have life and have it abundantly. The Bible says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The harvest means the people, the people ready to be told. There's so many of them ready to be told about God, but the workers to go and do it are few. The harvest is plentiful and the workers are you. The workers are you. I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. Children of God, be led by the Spirit. We are children of God. We should be led by the Spirit. In the book of Galatians, in chapter 3, verses 2, it says, Tell me this one thing. How did you receive the Holy Spirit? Did you receive the Spirit by following the law? He's referring to the law of Moses. Did you? Is that how you received the Holy Spirit? Did you follow the Ten Commandments and every rule and regulation? Is that how you received the Holy Spirit? And the answer says, no. You received the Spirit because you heard the good news and believed it. You began your life in Christ by the Spirit. Now, do you try to continue it by your own power? This is foolish. You have experienced many things. Were all those experiences wasted? I hope not. Does God give you the spirit because you follow the law? No. Does God give, work miracles among you because you follow the law? No. God gives you his spirit and works miracles among you because you heard the good news and believed it. And how did you hear the good news? Because somebody told you. It is our commission. It is our responsibility. It is our joy. It is our job. It is our life's work to tell the good news to everyone. We have so many excuses that we come up with to be silent. We have so many reasons why we can't share the good news. It's not the right timing. I don't feel right. I don't look right. I don't know enough. Friend, the Holy Spirit is in you. Speak the word of God. Tell people that he has come to set them free. If we pray and ask the Lord, he will send people our way. We have a circle of influence that no one else has. The Bible talks about how you were created on purpose 
from the found, you are God's masterpiece and you were created from the beginning of time. He's designed good works just for you to do. Your good works are made for you to do, not for me, not for your pastor, not for your, your mother, not for your friend, not for you. The good news of Christ has to go out and he's chosen to use us, his people, his citizens of heaven. You know, in the future, a trumpet will sound and Jesus will return and he will call his church home and we will be the bride of Christ and we will sit at what's called the marriage supper of the lamb and we'll become heavenly beings says we will no longer be given in marriage, we'll no longer um, be married, but we'll be heavenly, almost angelic beings. We'll be judges over the earth. Man, I want to bring people with me to heaven. I want to do the good works that God created me to do. I want to put my excuses aside and depend on the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you got to just do it. I want to implore you to pray and to ask the Holy Spirit to put people in your path today, tomorrow, this week, this year, that you can tell this good news to. It doesn't have to be perfectly crafted, but it has to be pointing people to Jesus as a savior, as a rescuer, as a friend, as God come down to earth to take our place as a sacrifice. When Jesus came to earth and was living uh, among us human beings, it was said of him, he talks to sinners and he even eats with sinners. And Jesus' reply was, it's not the healthy that need a doctor. It's those who are sick. My dear friends, (laughs) it is not enough to sit in a church seat. It is not enough to get by barely every week. Not when I've been given this fantastic gift of Jesus Christ. Not when I've been given the Holy Spirit. Not when I've been given a new life. Not when I've been uh, dead to my sin and alive in Christ. Now I have to share this good news. Please take our job seriously. Our job as citizens of heaven. Please listen to the Holy Spirit. Let him activate you for service. Nothing is impossible with God. That verse, you know, the the verse before the nothing is impossible with God says, how is salvation even possible? And the reply is nothing is impossible with God. Salvation is impossible without Jesus. Salvation is impossible. There is nothing you can do on this earth to save yourself. We can't follow the law of Moses completely. Every one of us has failed that. The law was just a picture to show us how sinful we really are. It is only through Jesus that we can be saved. It is impossible with man. It is impossible with money. It is impossible with knowledge and wisdom and understanding. It is only possible through faith in Jesus Christ. 
It puts us all on the same playing field, whether we are from Africa or New York. We all have the same need for God. And the only thing that can fill that need is Jesus Christ. We have excellent news. We have the best news for humanity. Share it. Share the gospel. Share the good news. The Holy Spirit will enable you. When you open your mouth to speak, the Holy Spirit will enable you. I want to encourage you to read your Bible today. I want to encourage you to read and read and read. Spend time with Jesus, and He'll strengthen you and give you everything you need to live life and to live it His way. Thank you for listening today. I pray that you, be, that you would be activated to service, activated to live your life completely for God. God wants to make you strong. Our verse in 2 Chronicles 16, 9 says, The Lord searches all the earth for people who have given themselves completely to Him. He wants to make them strong. The Lord searches all the earth for people who have given themselves completely to Him. He wants to make them strong. Friend, God has works that He designed for you to do. You are a vessel carrying the gospel message. The gospel message is entrusted for you to share. The gospel message is not one of intelligence and wisdom and how much you can read or know. No, it's entrusted to shepherds and fishermen and the lowly. And he uses the weak to proclaim the, the good news so people know, know that it comes from God alone. Credentials don't give you permission to then start sharing the gospel. The gospel has to be shared by every believer. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would empower us to share this good news. You've entrusted your message to us. God, not only did you keep calling to humanity from the beginning of time, God, you've set us today in 2018 in an age where we're able to have access to your Holy Spirit, where we're able to have your law written right on our hearts, that we're able to come before your throne, God, because of Jesus, your son. And Lord, I pray that we would be active in telling people about you, that God, we would be active in the work of the kingdom, that we wouldn't sit back and watch, but God, we would do the works that you've designed for us to do. God, I pray that you would empower your people. God, I pray that we would give ourselves completely to you. I pray that we would hold nothing back from you and that God, you would make us strong. Thank you for your word because God, it strengthens us. Thank you for your word because it gives us joy and it gives us peace. And Lord, I pray that your peace that passes all worldly understanding would guard our hearts and guard our lives in Christ Jesus. We love you, God, more than anything else. Help us to serve you faithfully. In Jesus' name, amen.